Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. The best podcast for anything that's in-depth insights and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug join Andrew as we discuss this month's view from the turnbuckle. So, in very, very sad news, we have Bush Bushwhacker Butch passes away. Aaron, he's uh, yeah, a tongue twister. He's, he's one of your <laughs> favorites. Yeah, you know what? I liked the Bushwhackers uh, back in the day. I did not know them uh, way back when, when they were, uh, I believe it was the Sheep Herders, I want to say. Uh, but... I remembered watching them, you know, on WWE TV, WWF TV back in the 80s, watch them march to the ring, lick fans faces, which was just so odd. But, you know, as like a six, seven year old boy, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Uh, yeah, they were always really fun to watch. I know we were saying on uh, on right before we started recording that it is kind of nice, though, that some of the wrestlers that we are seeing that are passing away, they've lived full lives, which is kind of nice. You know, Bushwhacker Butch, he was 78 years old when he passed away. He passed away right before WrestleMania. And I mean, that's a good life. I'm sure that he he was very happy with the life that he had to live as long as he did and to accomplish all the feats that he had done uh, during his time, not only with WWF, but with a lot of other companies as well. I'm trying to remember. Was he the one that had the shortest time in the Royal Rumble where he just he, he sped out and then got tossed out like instantly? He was one of them, at least. Yeah, I know. It was just, uh, I mean, good good times, good memories of them. And it, 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 the the way they walked out, the iconic walkout was, was just classic and uh, he'll be missed. Yeah, I'll echo both those thoughts. Uh, I enjoyed them as a kid. They were fun. They were goofy. Not every tag team obviously needs to be the Legion of Doom with the Dudley Boys, but they were just that fun, mid-card, silly, ridiculous team. I remember what Doug is referencing about the Rumble, and you know, my my favorite part is that he lived a very long and fulfilling life. This wasn't someone who died at 45. This wasn't someone who died at 50. He lived a very long 78 years, so absolutely rest in peace. All right, so... Now, let's get into the news. We're going to talk about WrestleMania Backlash. So, uh, of course, on WrestleMania, we had Walter. He retained over Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in uh, what I think uh, was a, a really great match. So, Roger, what were your thoughts on uh, the match? It got a five-star, and I agree with it. It was a great triple threat. It was as hard-hitting and brutal of an affair as I expected. I just love that they went out there and decided we're just going to throw bombs at each other. It was fun. It was vicious. I think the right guy won. I enjoyed it. You know, I hope that uh, Walter retains all the way and he becomes the record holder. I would love to see him potentially even challenge Roman Reigns for the title. I think he's one of those guys who could be a main eventer. So I was happy with it. I, I absolutely love the match. Love the result. Great job all around. The slap chests that were done in that match were so brutal. I mean, it was just it. The brutality of the match was wonderful the the overall aspect that uh walter won is just again it, it helps his character it helps him grow uh neither sheamus or drew needed the title so it's just going to back him up and make him that much more of a superior champion i hope he does break the record and i hope he holds on to it for a long time and i hope he passes it on he just he doesn't lose it he just passes it on so that he could go face 
Roman Reigns or somebody else for a world title. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I, that was the best match of that night. It was on night two uh, and absolutely loved it. That was when I know uh, Doug and Andy and I had the chance to watch together and every slap that we were seeing, we were cringing. It was just one of those where you just wonder, like, you have to be getting paid so much money or absolutely love to be hit because I do not want to take a shot from either one of those guys at all. Like you would have to pay me lots of money in order to get my chest beat like that. Yeah. And, you know, going from uh, what we would probably say the match of the night on day two is let's go to match of the night day one. Uh, which was uh, Sammy and KO. They defeated the Usos in what a match. Um, just something that was uh, just just fun to watch overall. Um, Aaron, what did you think about uh, the outcome of this? Oh, it was great. And, you know, like we've talked about many times in the past, it's okay to have a predictable ending. I, I, it, but I don't even know if it was as predictable because there were so many great false finishes in this match. And it was one of those that uh, I think there are very few matches that I go back to watch a second time, but this was one of them. This was one that I think warranted a repeat viewing because it was so good. Um, Andy, with that said, I know that you are a huge Sam and KO fan. You have their shirts. You were very much. I think this was probably your most anticipated anticipated match of the weekend. What did you think about it? Uh, just overall, it, it was uh, just a great, great storytelling overall. Uh, there were t- there were times where, yeah, those false finishes where I was like shocked. I was like, oh, here it is. And then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. Um, and uh, I was very, very happy on how it all, you know, transpired. And just just overall, I, I would you know, you see that you see all the you know, I, I know it was like a super kick party in there, but. Still, it was very interesting to see basically those that's the bloodline storyline basically go into a different direction, and then KO and Sammy basically becoming brothers again, and even even at Backlash, they're they're still they have stuff there that that for within the Usos that's still there. So, but yeah, it was it was great, definitely. Uh, storyline wise, uh, great. The match was uh, excellent. I thought at the very end we did get a little overblown with, uh, oh, here comes this or here comes that. Um, But you know what? When you have a storyline that big and you're main eventing WrestleMania night one, uh, it kind of calls for that kind of thing too. So uh, I gave it a little bit of uh, leeway for for all the run-ins at the end. But it was was a great match in the aspect that it truly – I think everybody, I mean, everybody did pick Sammy and KO, but uh, the Usos did a great job in making it look like they could potentially take it. And storyline-wise, it also still would make sense uh, after night two that they could have taken it and continued being the champions. But I'm glad that KO and Sammy got it. Uh, I'm excited for their future with it. And, you know, hopefully they do something with the tag team division in WWE because I think they do have some talented tag teams there. Uh, but never showcased. I like this. I, I love this match. I think Doug makes a good point about how sometimes those epic matches can feel overdone. And I think there's truth to that if it's not earned, right? If you just try to do this for a random SummerSlam match, it doesn't have the same um, gravitas to like kind of warrant that level of like super kickouts. And, you know, this was the first time someone had kicked out of the 1D and and they were kind of just leaving it all online. But this is the WrestleMania main event. This is the storyline for a year and a half. It all felt warranted. Also, one of the things I really love is that if you kind of know anything about Cam, uh, Kevin and Sammy's history, 
they've kind of always been at odds when they're not being friends, right? Kevin debuted by bombing Sammy on the apron and they feuded for the title. And for the first time they won a title together. I mean, it's just, it was great. It was, it was a great match. I love the story. I love what they're going to be able to do going forward. The Usos look great. This is probably the first time since NXT's heyday that I've said, I don't know that this match is going to be topped. I, I'm literally going to be curious to see, can they beat this match? And I'm not just WWE. Can NJPW beat this match? Can AEW beat this match? Right now, this is my clubhouse leader for match of the year. All right. So um, let's let's talk about, the, you know, Cody's had a really interesting thing that's been happening recently. So, you know, just at Mania, he, he took on Rowan Reigns and then, uh, the night after WrestleMania, he started his uh, new feud with Brock Lesnar. You know, you know, with this, with everything that's been happening, where do you think they're going with Cody overall? What do you think about that, Roger? Well, one of my issues with why I didn't pick him, I think I was the only one not to pick him, is that I didn't believe there was a story. I just truly thought he was the guy who randomly came back, won the Rumble, and we're supposed to be invested in his victory because his daddy couldn't do it. That to me was not a story. I didn't feel it was earned. I, I didn't care. I, I was very blah about this match. I think Roman winning was right, which sounds insane to think about because I never enjoyed Roman being the champion. But in this case, I was rooting for Roman to win. I didn't want Cody to win this. I don't think he earned it. If they build him up and next year we do Cody versus Roman too, maybe so be it. I don't actually think Cody should be the guy to dethrone Roman, but that's fine. I do have one question, and this is for Doug. Can you acknowledge him now? <laughs> um... I don't know. I think I've already done that, haven't I? I think I've given given some leeway in the in the Roman Reigns aspect. That I, I mean, ever since he became a heel, they've utilized it such just by leaps and bounds. They've utilized it, and with them having Cody lose here, it truly becomes one of those things that I think you over acknowledge it, and then I think the 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 introduction of a new title is what they should just do. I think WWE should just focus on the new title. No one just cares about Roman. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have your title. Go go over there. You beat everybody. Good job. Congratulations. Yep. We acknowledge you. Go away. Go over here. You have your have your reign go for thousands of days. We're going to go to a more competitive league and, and have this, uh, uh, this other belt over here that's going to be passed around probably like a hot potato. Hey, hey, Doug, to that point, is there any concern in which – do you think that that title then feels like a runner-up consolation prize? Like where it's a championship for those who aren't good enough to actually win the big one. Like you weren't good enough to win the Super Bowl, but here you were like, or like the NIT, right? You couldn't win March Madness, but yeah, you're the 69th best team in college basketball. Good on you, buddy. Right. Just like the Packers are always the second best team in the NFC. (laughs) Okay. Well, I, uh, I have no need to follow that. I, I didn't think we'd get an FTP in this episode, but I absolutely love it. I I, I totally agree with you. I, Roger, to your point about the title, 100% agree. It is the runner-up title, and it is I, I, it's a completely unnecessary. Roman has two titles. Apparently, he's not allowed to go for the third, but they're having a tournament on SmackDown that he's not allowed to be a part of. Makes absolutely no sense to me. I The one thing I thought, and, and I, I hear what you're saying, Roger, about how Cody didn't necessarily earn it. And there wasn't a good enough story. And, I, and I, I, I can agree with that. The one thing for me is when you have such a long title reign and there's no end in sight and you've defeated essentially everybody except for one person, uh, which I know you had mentioned last time, uh, it gets boring. And at right now, the problem that I have 
is Drew McIntyre could have won that at Clash of the Castle and dropped it to Roman the next next night on Raw if he really wanted to. They could have done something like that. He could have dropped it to Sami Zayn. You know, that was a possibility, but it was like, hey, it's too close to WrestleMania. You know, we want to have the, the tag title match, so we're going to do that. Okay, I get that. So you went through Drew, you go through Sammy, and then you got Cody, and it's like, okay, this is going to be the guy. This is the one that's going to do it. And then you take it away, and there's like, okay, so what's next then? And I know, like Roger, you had said on, on our show last time that, you know, kind of Rollins is, is the next big guy after that. And, I mean, that's really about it because then the only other thing you can do is you wait a whole another year and Cody wins money in the bank or he wins the Royal rumble. And then he beats Roman for the title. Finally. No, I've got or, it now. I go got, ahead, I got the perfect idea there's one other person Roman hasn't beaten whose father was a previous wrestler. Braun who never won the, huh? You saying Braun breaker. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I want to see him do it and just be like, yeah, I had to win this for my dad, you know, because he's such a, oh, God, that would just be crazy. Such a mathematician? Yep. Only way this would work oh, no. is if uh, Petey Williams came back and oh, had gosh. to ride the shotgun with, um, <laughs> with Braun Breaker. Let me ask you three a question real quick, because I think the conversation's kind of flipped to who can do it. I still feel like the Jay Uso storyline is not over. And I think there's something real special about potentially him being the one to dethrone Roman and Jimmy Uso picking his brother over Roman and then seeing him for what he is. If I, I never really saw Jay Uso main eventer, but if he was the one to dethrone Roman, I actually think there's a good story there. Even though my preference would be Seth Rollins, I have no problem with Jay Uso being the guy who does it. He can be the party to his mat. Well, it's also every 10 years, you get a massive underdog who wins at WrestleMania. 10 was Brett. 20 is he who shall not be named. 30 is Brian. I think WrestleMania 40 is next. So, you know, it it could happen. Um, Also, and to your point, um, if I had my way, I would have Roman win Money in the Bank, and then I would have him win the third title just out of spite. (laughs) Legitimately, I could see them merging the titles at WrestleMania. (laughs) Like, I like, yeah. it's just like, it, you have if there were Seth versus Roman, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, do you think some of this, like, new world title has to do with maybe trying to scrub some of the past that they never want to acknowledge again? Yeah. Well, I, yes. And also, you want to modernize titles. And I can understand that because yeah. Bruno's record just it cannot be beat. May Young's record uh, or Fabulous Mula's record cannot be beat. I, I get that. What's but Bruno's it, record? What's the number? Seven years. Oh gosh! What's Roman Hogan, at three years? Yeah, and Hogan was four years. So he could ca- he could catch Hogan reasonably. He could catch Hogan with the Universal Title, but not with the WWE. That's he's got another two years for that, uh, or yeah, three years. Um, so I mean, like you, you got a little ways, but it's it's fine to say. And you know, this is the longest somebody's held it in the modern era. This is the longest somebody's yeah. held it in twenty years. That's okay to say. Like I don't see that as being a negative. You know, there's. Talking about, yeah, to use a sports analogy, you know, the Chicago Bears have the most NFL championships, you know, or second most mm-hmm. NFL championships. And that was because there's only like six to eight teams. It's not that hard to have a lot more championships than, you know, later on, because when you have, you know, 28 and 30 and 32 teams, it's a lot harder, you know, to get those championships. I understand that. You know, I, I, I totally do. But it's also okay to be like, Hey, they've won one Super Bowl in the last five years or two in the last 10. That's Oh, Hey, that's a big accomplishment, you know, especially in the modern age. Yeah. I, I think that yeah, that's, 
it just I think it um, undermines and you know for for Roman's credibility I, or not credibility but his um, uh, excitement for his his title reign. Yeah, because like the Packers have like thirteen World Championships, but people ask how many Super Bowls have you won. I think we would call the Patriots a much greater dynasty than the Packers because the Patriots did it in the modern era, whereas the Packers were great. What nineteen fifty? I mean. Was the forward pass really a thing even back then? So I, I think that's a really good analogy. <laughs> We're just going to crap all over the Packers this episode. I have no problem. I, yeah, we can do about that. Nothing, nothing wrong with yeah. that. That could, that could be the monthly topic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, so basically I think the, the whole, what I don't understand the, I think, I think we're all on the same page. We don't understand why they're bringing another title. It just doesn't make sense, but whatever. Andy, for you, uh, do you have Roman drop the title before Mania? Or do you have him hold both those titles for another full year where he defends it five times maybe, you'd say, like in the next year, and then drops it at Mania? Would you do that, or do you have him drop it at SummerSlam? What would you do? Uh, Is SummerSlam in the UK this year? Detroit. Uh, Money in the Bank's in the UK. Uh, I would say then, but... Uh, that's a great question. I bet they're going to keep keep it till WrestleMania, and then have Co- I bet they're going to wait to do a thing with him and Cody till WrestleMania. I think it's going to be like some final thing, and then they're going to he's going to be forced to retire or whatever. Blah blah blah. That's what I think will end up happening. But yeah, the fact that he's going to have it for for a full year, we got to put up with that crap. So they think that putting down this World Heavyweight Championship belt, which I thought all the other belts were at some point. Cause wasn't that also combined into the WWE championship at some point? And she's, it was, it. yeah, no, it really was. Oh. And that's the other thing I'm trying to figure out is like you, you've already had, I believe the championships that Roman holds now are the combination of the original WWF championship, the WCW championship, which itself was combined combination of the NWA championship, uh, the universal champion. I mean, it's like, what? This is the title that technically has the lineage Oh, here's a new brand new title. Look, I think the universal title is still relatively ridiculous, as many of us, I'm sure, do. This somehow makes the universal title look legitimate. Do you know how stupid you have to look to make the universal title look legitimate? (laughs) That is. So, uh, Roger, for you, I know you had mentioned WrestleMania 40, potentially Jimmy J. You know, you got those guys. They could potentially wrestle Roman. If you were booking this, is that the route you would go, or would you maybe do something sooner? I, I think at this point, because his reign has been what two two and a half years, I don't For the think, universal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, he he has not been pinned since he has returned. If I'm correct, if that is going to be his first loss at that point in three and a half years, doing it anything other than a WrestleMania feels like a waste. Like that at that point is a mass. It would have been like Hogan losing at just a random pay-per-view as opposed to WrestleMania five to warrior. Like that's ridiculous. Like you have to have the giant toppled in the biggest moment of the biggest show of the year. But my question now becomes, okay, like you said, you've beaten everyone. Steph is the only one who's got a winning record against you. Jay is the only one with a story with you. It's, it's gotta be one of those two. I guess you can try to do Cody again and do the Cody versus, um, or not Cody Rocky versus Apollo storyline. Essentially he lost the first one. But I also think that like there was a missed opportunity in the sense of I didn't want Cody to win, but the crowd was super hot for him in SoFi. I don't know that Philadelphia will be as hot for him as they were that first night. 
Whereas if you go Seth versus Roman at Mania, they've never done this before. The crowd will be super hot for Seth. If you go Jey Uso versus Roman in Philadelphia and Jimmy finally picks his brother and you have the city of brotherly love watches one of the two brothers wins a world championship by defeating their evil cousin. I mean, that that's a story. That, that is the culmination of the bloodline storyline. That feels worthy of the WrestleMania main event. I think you really don't have any other choice besides Seth or Jay without this being underwhelmingly disappointing, which you don't want to spend three and a half years not to have a payoff. You need to have a big payoff. And Doug, for you, what would you do? Mania you, or you, before? You guys are all out of your mind thinking that they can long-term book this. They can't long-term book this. We're, we're talking about WWE again. It doesn't matter what's going to happen in a year two years, three years from now, it's all by the week. And we're, I mean, we're going to come back to the new old era of everything. And uh, I just, you know. So are you convinced then that this is Vince running the show? Because we both know Hunter can long-term book. You're saying this is a Vince McMahon creative. I, I, I think, yeah. Once we get into the, the monthly topic, uh, we are going to really expand on this issue of, who's booking, who's doing what, and how how far will it last? All right. Because if it were, let me ask, then let me follow up to this question real quick. If this were Hunter, you would buy that they can do this properly for a year? Yeah. Okay. I, I think they could have a plan. I don't think it'll ever, I don't know if it'll ever go to fruition because unfortunately there are just too many, you know, variables that everything has to go about. Hopefully everybody stays healthy or anything like that. But having multiple options is always a great idea whether it be a Cody, whether it be Jay, whether it be uh, some person we don't even know about. Maybe it's somebody that's not even in the company right now. Who knows? With that said, just to throw out names, is there somebody, because Roman's got to face like five people, let's say, over the next year. Like somebody he's got to face to make the title look credible and, you know, do they have to make him look, uh, you know, a little... Uh, a little weak. Who do you have him face? Because you can't do Cody again. They, you have to hold on to that. You probably have to hold on to Seth. And like you were saying, you probably have to hold on to the Usos as well. Lesnar, he's not allowed to face anymore. Who, has he? I mean, has Roman beaten the demon? He did. Yeah. He oh, a right. rope snap. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Never mind. Yeah. That was horrible. Uh, Thank God I forgot about that. Has Roman faced Bobby Lashley? That would I be one of my choices. At one point, but I don't know if it ever was done. Um, I know that at the very least, well, this verse. So I think Roman and Bobby Lashley faced when Roman was a face. I don't know that tribal chief Roman has faced uh, Bobby Lashley. So that would be a potential option. Mm-hmm. Um, I would throw out there. Has AJ Styles faced Roman as the tribal chief? I think AJ is another potential option. If you wanted to go that route, you know, I mean, they had good matches during Roman's like first coronation. They had two really good matches. Um, uh, Walter, I, I think I said that choice earlier. Walter versus Roman, give me that at SummerSlam or Money in the Bank in the UK, where Walter can be a mega baby face. I think that's a good option. But I don't, yeah, I don't. Austin, I mean, that that would be good. Yeah, I mean, you know, AJ Styles would be a good one, as would Bobby Lashley, because it has been a while if if they have faced. So that might not be too bad. One of the names that's kind of thinking about. I don't feel like they've been booking them very well, but what about Karrion Cross? Could you do something with him? Only if you booked it well. You'd had Karen Cross. Yeah, yeah. It, it, had Karen Cross been built like NXT Karen Cross? Yes, hundred percent. Yep, I think we're all in agreement that uh, a new title, um, 
is pointless. So let's thank our sponsor, HostGator. Are you a blogger or podcaster or are you just not happy with your web hosts? You can check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click strip results with a free site builder and hands on the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try free demo to see how easy it is. And if you use a special coupon code off the mark, you're going to save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what do you got to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite out of your web hosting costs. Also, make sure you check out Section 86's Off the Mark page to click on the banner at the top to say big on items from WShop.com. I think probably the biggest news since Vince um, stepping down and coming back and getting a mustache, it has to be the fact that WWE merged with UFC's parent com- company, Endeavor, which is uh, very interesting. So now we're going to see... We're going to find out the real numbers on what fighters get paid in the UFC, I'm assuming. So this will be very interesting to see how much UFC takes uh, off the backs of the Wait, fighters. Why would, why would we find out those numbers? Well, because won't they... Oh, that's right, because only WWE, not UFC, is on there. And yeah. it's not Endeavor. There you go. I see how it is. All right. Yep, so I guess they're going to definitely do it. So are they going to say... Is the stock still going to say WWE still, Doug? I don't know. What? I was gonna say AEW. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Aaron says TKO. What Aaron says TKO. So real, real. Yeah. But here's you know this what is a very, knockout name. Yeah, you know this is very interesting though because you know you look at UFC and like you know in the past you UFC fighters laughed at WWE and we've seen some crossover. And those people aren't getting a lot of crap, at least thrown their way. I don't think Ron Rossi did, or I don't think anyone would say that to Brock Lesnar to his face. But still, um, I, that, I think this is very interesting because now you have oh, you could have old UFC fighters come in, and they have a second career, and they could be thirty years old. And WWE can get a good ten plus years out of them. So I think this is a, a win-win for all, everything. But do you think you know? I guess this is where I'm curious, uh, Aaron. Do you think that with this happening, do you think that they're going to get rid of WWE employees? Or do you think UFC is going to get rid of some of their employees because of the machine that WWE has behind it? Yeah, so um, my the company I work for, we were acquired by one company, and then that company got acquired by a second company. So that's an acquisition, which is different than you know merging. But there is redundancy, just like with anything else. And for us... You know, you don't need three different HR departments. You, you know, it's just unnecessary. You don't need three operations. There are people that you can use and that, you know, they know a system better than another. So with WWE and UFC, there's going to be people that, hey, like, guess what? We have this operation person. Maybe we could, like, cut a couple of people. So you might see some cuts, but it may not actually be a ton when it comes to office people, because WWE is ran differently than UFC, just plain and simple. They are kind of two different entities, but the idea of merging them to be one sports combat brand is kind of a smart idea. Uh, It is actually interesting. I know when we had talked about them potentially merging, obviously the Saudi Arabian uh, deal that was talked about, we were all against that. And we all agreed that NBC universal seemed like the likely fit. This was one that wasn't really on my radar. I had heard Eric Bischoff talk about Endeavor, But this was one that was uh, a little bit of a shocker to me because I assumed that they might have gone elsewhere and for a a different reason. Because with NBC Universal, they could air on NBC, you know, air on network TV where you could have a WrestleMania on there and you could get 
you know, 10 million viewers, uh, you know, for their, their special event. Uh, this is going to be different. I'm actually really curious how the pay-per-view model is going to be because UFCs is very different than WWEs. They have the premium live events now that they do, and which essentially was the pay-per-view and they're tied with NBC for the, for a while, but UFC does pay-per-view still. And I'm kind of curious what this means for WWE, if they're going to move back to that model, because I think we're all kind of accustomed now to paying $10 a month, or it comes with our cable package where we don't have to pay anything uh, for the, their pay-per-views for their premium live events. I don't know if I could justify going back to spending $50 every month for an event that maybe might not be that good. And see, I'll, I'll, I'll flat out say I, they know what will happen because wrestling fans will watch it one way or the other. And I think if you have a model where it's 10 bucks a month that, you know, it's $120 a year you're going to get from a fan that wasn't going to watch the show, or you may have families that pay the $10 a month and may forget they have it after a while or be like, Oh, Hey, look, it's WrestleMania. Oh, I just spent $120 this year to watch WrestleMania for one night. I didn't even make the first night. So, but I think UFC is on, I think what they see with WWE there, there could be something with them because you could say WWE will say is $10 a month, but if you get UFC and you have something set up where it's $25 a month or even $30 a month, those fans will pay for it. And I, and I do believe their fans will pay the extra money to watch every single show. So if they put out 15 a year and they know that, oh, I don't have to spend 60 and I may only get, you know, four or five of them, they can get them hooked on every single one of them, and then they will buy other things as well. So I think that that I don't think UFC is going to say, oh, no, we're going to go back to the pay-per-view model because AEW is going to switch, and I, I will almost guarantee they will switch eventually where they'll have pay-per-views, but they'll have it set up on some type of streaming service. And I think we're starting to see something with them, at least, because the YouTube shows are going to be gone from what they're saying, so... But yeah, that's why I don't believe they're gonna uh, abandon that that model. I mean, you know, I I mean, it used to be back then we would have to have five or six guys get together just to watch the show. So, I mean, Doug, what do you think? Do you think that they're gonna kind of go with that model from what WWE has, I think, proven to work? I really don't know what they're gonna go to. Uh, the only thing that truly excited me about UFC and WWE being under the same umbrella is having. Pat McAfee and Joe Rogan calling matches. Oh, God. I can't wait. One can talk about ayahuasca while the other one punts Miz. Yep. Does that mean you guys realize that that happens? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is showing up. Just want you to know that. <laughs> so be ready for a lot of pro pack Jets propaganda. Um, well, eventually Aaron Rodgers has to leak something and uh, then move to the Minnesota Vikings. So it's only a matter oh, of time. Good Lord. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> what about you, Roger? What What are your thoughts on the merger itself? I, I, you know, I have. I think there are some things that UFC can really benefit from. Their presentation has always been underwhelming to me. Whereas WWE, you know, for all of their flaws, their presentation is fantastic. The best video packages in the world. Their sets are something to behold. I mean, you look at what WrestleMania in the SoFi was. Could you imagine a UFC pay-per-view with that type of presentation, the way it looks, the way it feels? I mean, they do the big fight feel very well, even if we don't like the in-ring content on time or the storylines. What's interesting to me is that, like, UFC is real. Like, these are not scripted contests. 
gambling has become a big part of kind of like the sports world. And I feel like by merging these two companies, you are opening yourself up to a lot of questions when fights look, you know, oh, this guy suffered a massive upset. It's going to be like, how are you going to believe that this wasn't staged when literally you work with a company that does this? I mean, I, like when the XFL was a thing, people were wondering how real it was. Like people had real questions about its legitimacy. And I think now UFC is going to have real questions about its legitimacy. Like, oh, that's fake. I mean, it, people are literally going to feel like it's fake. And I, I don't know. There's just not something about that I think that's risky for UFC. I, I think when your integrity as a product can get questioned, you might have a real problem. I don't think a company like them wants to be investigated. Like that's probably the worst thing to happen for them where the salaries actually do get released and their business practices actually do get released. Like the NFL is a giant and they always avoid any sort of disclosure in their lawsuits and fights with Congress because they don't want their business out there. And, you know, so there's some risk with this. I think the potential for crossover stuff is kind of cool. Conor McGregor is basically a WWE character in the UFC. Uh, John Jones has some crossover appeal. Brock Lesnar obviously was a former UFC champion, so I can see some positives in it. I don't know. Something about this, though, just makes me go, I wish this NBC Universal had bought them. Like, truth be told, I, I really I don't care for it. I'm not like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing to ever happen. But if I had my way, this is better than the Saudis potentially buying them for sure but I don't love this either. Doug, let me ask you, do you think that maybe it was leaked that the Saudis bought them as a way to soften the blow? You know, the like, hey, dad, I I wrecked the car. I'm so sorry. And he's like, what? It's like, oh, sorry. Actually, what I meant to say is like, you know, uh, the mirror broke off, you know, like, oh, well, that's not as bad. I I don't know if it's a good enough analogy, but maybe it works. It's interesting, but... I would think I would think that it would be one of those things that they were doing it to uh, drive up the price. Like, oh yeah, yeah, the Saudis are going to buy it. You don't want that to happen, do you? Well, then you have to meet our deal. We we have to beat the Saudis. So please beat that offer. Come on. I mean, we don't want to sell to the Saudis. We'll actually take a pay cut from the Saudis just to not sell to them. But we got to be around this number. I think that's truly what it was. I would assume so, too. I, I imagine that they do not care that much. They probably care a little bit, but the adding an extra billion, you know, for their evaluation probably was a little more uh, meaningful to them. They got to have that big B, right? Not the million. Billionaire. Vince McMahon. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I believe he was quoted as a millionaire who should be a billionaire. And now he's a definitely a billionaire for sure with, with what <laughs> he should be a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Roger, you said something very interesting, which was, um, you know, some of the crossover appeal. I will say I'm not a USC fan, but I knew who Ronda Rousey was obviously Lesnar, but I know who Conor McGregor is. I know who John Jones is. There's probably a couple other people that someone could say back. Oh yeah. I recognize that name, but Conor McGregor, Andy, let me ask you if you saw, if, if we found out Conor McGregor was going to be on raw tomorrow night, would you tune in? Oh, absolutely. And plus they would, you know, he would promote it. You know, you would have different, there would be a lot of easy promotion as well, because let's say he just shows up on raw and he's like, Listen, he is like, I will eventually come here, blah, blah, blah. But I have a fight, you know, I'm coming here in like, whatever, we'll say like three months. And he could actually promote it there, especially if that's where the fight's going to be. So you have lots of crossover appeal. 
And I, I, I see a lot. Of, I do see the whole point of, oh, WWE is rigged or whatever, or like it's predetermined it's and UFC is not. I don't see, I see that at first, but then, it, you know, and there'll be those jokes here and there, but I don't see, especially with the betting, I think that they don't want, I think Roger, you might've actually explained this just as good. Just, um, yeah, you don't want them getting into your business. Especially if you're not, if you don't want to disclose, like, oh, by the way, we made ten million dollars off this thing, and we only put out a ten grand purse or whatever. So, you know, I think that would actually do damage to them. But I think overall, I think it'll be great, especially when both sides are retired, because you can, if you, if you don't want him in UFC, and he also wrestled in WWE, you can have him appear there, do stuff for both brands as well. And then if you know, it's, I don't know who. Is tap out still a thing, or did uh, UFC change something else for their clothing? Because that that you could have that brand in your promotion. Uh, there's so many cool things that they could be doing. Lots of brand stuff. But yeah, it, it, this will be. I think it'll be great for everyone involved. And then you know we won't have to deal with Vince. You know having to do anything that he shouldn't be doing, or hopefully he's not the one. You know being a part of creative because we don't know who's really behind creative right now because it could be Vince. I mean. You know, you know, Roger, just thinking about like the guys who own UFC and, you know, Dana Brooke has praised Vince McMahon a bunch of times. But do you think that he would be like, well, I believe that Triple H has the, you know, hindsight of what's going on, especially how everyone's happy behind the scenes and they were miserable before. And now it seems like everyone's happy. Do you think that's the way Dana wants to go or if he's even going to have anything to do with it? I don't. I don't think Dana is going to get involved in the WWE side. I don't know who's like, is there a head man essentially for the company? Like someone who they both report to? Because that would be the person that I'd be curious to see. What is his background? What is his, you know, because like if you're a non-wrestling person, that doesn't mean anything to you. Like Triple H is not someone that you'd be aware of. You're not going to be familiar with NXT. Whereas if this were like, if Tony Khan's the head man, then he's very familiar with the history of wrestling and NXT and things like that. I, look, like Vince McMahon, for all the guff we've given him, is a great promoter. His issue was never about promoting and making stars. It's not about presentation. It's not about understanding how to make big events. It's that his creative genius died with the Attitude Era, and you, you need young blood. So as long as he is sticking to doing what he does well, he can be an asset, provided that he's not, you know, being a genetic jackhammer backstage. But with him, you just—I mean, my biggest concern would be: can he honestly step away? Because he's never shown that ability in the past. He was forced out, and then he forced his way back in. That doesn't sound like the type of person who's willing to relinquish control. And, you know, I also don't know, like, Vince doesn't seem like the kind of guy who only did this a few times. Vince seems like the type of person who probably has done this for years. Will we honestly be shocked in six months to 12 months when three or four more scans? Like, like I said this before. When all these accusations usually come out, you usually got somebody going, oh, I'm so shocked. This is not the type of guy who I seemed would do that. Not one person came out and was like, Vince McMahon does not seem like the guy. Every single person was like, yeah, that tracks. This this is exactly who we believe Vince McMahon always was. This is the character that he played on television. I mean, this literally lecherous, cheating, treating women like animals, having them strip down and bark like a dog. That's Vince. So when he gets in trouble again in six months or 12 months or 18 months, are we right back where we started six or 12 months ago? But now UFC has to deal with this too. Like I said, there's there's an odd risk here. Also, how do the television contracts work? I know, Andy, you have some insight into that sometimes. 
UFC, I believe, has a deal with ESPN Plus, plus pay-per-view. WWE has a deal with NBC Universal along with Fox. When they renegotiate, do they negotiate as a one big package? No. Is it negotiated so, separately? So it, it's different. So like right now, uh, I think Fox, if I'm correct, I think it's a one-year deal. And then they have uh, a clause where they can get out if there's if the ratings are under a certain percentage. They always, that's every show. It does not matter what show it is. It's even if it's you know something that's been on TV forever. They always do that. Um, now the one for Raw, I if I remember right, they were doing five year deals. But I think SmackDown's different. I think SmackDown's either three or four deals or three or four years. So there's not – it would be nice if they just had one. Um, UFC, they have a thing where they have like a pre-hour on Disney Plus or the ESPN Plus. So mm-hmm. they are there. Um, I believe that they are going to expand more because then they – with because what I think will end up happening is that UFC is going to be like, hey, we want to have something from WWE, even if it's like a superstar show that's 30 minutes on ESPN 8, the Ocho at 3.30 in the morning on Sundays. They could do something like that. And I think that there will be some, I think you'll see a lot of that stuff. So I think that you'll see some WWE stuff possibly even on ESPN plus, especially around WrestleMania, because you can have that platform and then you can also promote your UFC guys as well. But yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And do you, oh, so I was going to ask one more quick question yeah, about, no. do you think we'll see a combined show at any point in time in the future? It's. I don't think you can do that. I mean, maybe you could do like a recap show on ESPN for like half an hour, an hour maybe. But I don't think you could have something where like this week in combat sports because you would have to ha- include as much as we don't. You know, you'd have to include TNA. You'd have to include AEW as well. Um, Ring of Honor. I mean, you have to. I think you would have oh, to do that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean a recap show. I meant hey. In July, we're going to have five wrestling matches and five UFC matches, like a true combined super show. Ooh, that would that would be interesting. But that's a it's a time. I believe that's timing because you but with WWE, you could change timing of the matches later on. But I don't know if you have the same fan base of like UFC fighters and then WWE wrestlers, because, I mean, you're going to have to have it in different uh areas because there's no way you can have that same ring and also be the octagon unless they're going to do all of them all matches take place in the octagon now and and, you know not to answer my own question but like can you have a scripted result on the same show as something that's supposed to be a non-scripted result like does that how does how does is that getting too close to the like line that you probably don't want to touch i think it is it yeah, is. I would agree with that. Unless it's some type of feel good moment where even there, like you could say, like the Miz was annoying on Raw or whatever, and then have him come out some press thing, and the UFC guys are there, and they just like give like a something, some type of push or whatever, and then everyone cheers. You could get something like that, but that's that's going to be pushing it after that, because you can't have like Hulk Hogan legitimately, you know, pin Shawn Michaels cleanly one two three off a leg drop. There's no way in heck they're going to believe that. They, they're going to know that that was an atrocity anyway. Because well, Shawn Michaels will somehow be able to have a bump that goes higher than the three than going up in the three tier cage and still come down and still sell it. And then Hogan will be like, what? And, you know, Hogan will be huffing and puffing because he won't be able to cover him because he's anyways. We believed it for 30 years, though. Well, maybe 20 years. Maybe five. I think Biden's trying to get away from gas. <laughs> um, 
So real quick to talk about the uh, kind of the structure, um, Ari Emanuel is the CEO of Endeavor. We have Dana White, who is overseeing UFC as the promoter, and then Nick Khan is overseeing WWE for the time being. Obviously, Vince McMahon is heavily involved, as we're well aware, him and his pencil-thin mustache. Uh, and Triple H is heading creative. So, I, I like, Doug, let me ask you, do you think that we could see some positive results from actually just fantasy fantasy uh, book with this or not, not fantasy book, but just like best case scenario. We have the backing of Endeavor. Do you think that this could elevate WWE to greater heights? And if so, how could it do that? That's a tough question. No, it's I, not. You know the answer to this, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna. I, I mean, honestly, it's going to be the same. I truly just think it is. Roger, it sounded like you had a different opinion. Truth be told, if the terms of the merger were cool, here's your money, kind of like what's happening in well, Washington for the Commanders, be gone, Dan Snyder. If the terms were Vince McMahon, you're gone. We appoint Triple H in charge. You will have the financial backing of Endeavor. I think we would all be in agreement that WWE could return to its former glory. Because now you actually have somebody who under you have a true visionary and someone who knows what they're doing with the financial backing and the crossover and all those. And now whatever struggles Hunter may have as a promoter, now you've got Endeavor who could still do that. They know how to promote is maybe they're not as good as Vince, but they're still really good at promoting their product. But the problem is Vince is still around. I think we acknowledge he is the problem. Do you think he's actually just going to be on board for as a consultant until everything gets transitioned over? Until it's WWE, UFC, it's all one under that one umbrella. Do you think once that happens, you'll see him just sit, sit and collect a paycheck? I think there was a reason they that Vince is back, and that is because the board wanted to deal with Vince McMahon. They didn't want to deal with some newcomer. They didn't want to deal with the the drama. They wanted somebody who has done this for years. They 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 wanted Vince McMahon. That is the reason he is back. He's here to make this merger. He's going to make it happen. He's going to stick around until he wants to leave or until he gets into a lawsuit that says, yeah, you're done. <laughs> Aaron, does Vince McMahon strike you as a type of person who willingly relinquishes power? Oh, absolutely. He, he's going to so he he's a nice guy. I don't know if you've met him. Um, I call him Vinny. And last time we had a drink together, um, it was yeah. PBR. And he told me that the moment that he had the opportunity, he was totally going to step down. And then he was yeah. going to go, uh, you know, farm some sheep in Utah. Yeah. I will say that I do believe that he is going to be around until he dies. Just, and I mean, we thought that it, just in general, like when he was pushed out, I was like, no, I can't believe that. I thought he'd be there until he died. I think that he'll be around for as long as possible until, you know, uh, you have Ari push him out. Until there's some sort of power vacuum within WWE, I think that he's going to be around for for the long haul. I do like the fact that he is staying away, although we are hearing stories now about how he's calling in to you know do rewrites and stuff. That's the thing that I I don't like because the other problem too is then like there's a big difference between having meetings over Zoom and having a meeting in person. There's a very big difference, and if you're having rewrites that happen the moment before the show airs from him. That is a big, big recipe for disaster. Cause there are things that can happen that wait a second. Didn't we do this last week? I thought that we said that this was going to be exclusive to raw, but now we're going to have SmackDown people on there. I don't understand this. Why are we doing this rewrite? And that's where I think there are going to be a lot of issues. I just, I think that 
I'll say this. You use a sports analogy. I, I think Bill Walsh was a great coach. Do I think Bill Walsh necessarily is probably going to be a great coach in 2023 the way that he was in 1983? Probably not. Game's different. Game's passed you by. You know, things that were great in the 80s and the 90s don't necessarily work with a different demographic. It's a brand new generation. You know, when Vince was building WrestleMania, he would have been in his 40s, I want to say, because he's 80-something-year-old. He's much closer to the target demographic. He knows what people wanted. He, he honestly, wrestling in the 80s was exactly what people were looking for. That's what they wanted. They wanted the cartoon character villain, and you wanted the big, glorious, all-American hero. But has he ever deviated from that formula? In the last 40 years, he always tries to go back to it, whether it's Lex Luger or it's he, Stone Cold was really not his choice. Like, he kind of got forced into that, and he ran with it. But, you know, he went— he went back to John Cena, who was the same thing, all-American boy. And it's like, Vince isn't going to change. I think if Vince were capable of change, he wouldn't be Vince McMahon. And to his credit, it's worked most of the time. He just made how many billions of dollars by refusing to ever listen to anyone else's advice. But his creative is not, like you said, he's going to call in and do last-minute rewrites. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants. He's going to book, like, Seth Ramos, I think, or Seth Rollins face almost out of nowhere. That just match just got randomly thrown together. Does that seem like something Triple H usually does? But it does seem exactly like what Vince does. Not to, like blame everything bad on Vince and give Hunter all the good credit. But there's like this telltale signs of Vince McMahon's booking style that we're starting to see creep back into the product. I don't know that it's making the product better. The two belt thing, that feels like a Vince McMahon thing. Like Hunter kind of was the traditional one belt, one true champion, book that guy, and then you have someone beat him. And it feels like the moment we get a sale and now Vince is back, oh, let's let's do a brand split again and two belts. And you're just like, okay, it's 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 all back to normal. Final question for you, Doug. Is this going to be the biggest news story of the year? <laughs> or Mr. Douglas, can you top it? Is there going to be something else that we see? Maybe well, September 19th, well, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea. It's, it, I mean, I think I was the one that, or at least one of the people that says that uh, the sale was going to go through this year. So, um, this is big news, but is it going to be the biggest news? It's too, too early to tell, uh, ask again later is what the magic eight ball is saying. Um, <laughs> it, I, I don't know. I think this is the biggest industry news, but is it going to be the biggest thing that happened in wrestling? I don't think so. All right. So that's all the time we have for this month's show. If you're into the Twitter follow show at Altmark86, I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and ending the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking time to download and listen to the show. And for Roger Cave, Doug Hunt, and Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring. <laughs> <laughs>